All right, this week on One More Pass, we talk about college football. It's the big elephant in the room. Play or no play this fall, move to spring, nobody really knows. We also talk about Joey refing football when he lived back in Seattle. Hey, man, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. You still have the uniform, too. Yep. You going to wear it next next podcast? I think so. Okay. Yep. Nice. And we talk about our dream broadcast booth for football, for NFL football this year. Guys, you ready to uh, get it going? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. All right. Let's go. One more pass podcast week three. Can't believe we're on week three already, guys. Going fast. It's going very fast. Rob, how you feeling? You good? I'm all right. I'm not really feeling in the zone today, so I'm gonna let you guys do all the heavy lifting. I'll just kind of interject. Oh, sorry. Hit the mic. <laughs> uh, yeah, not in the zone, but I'm yeah, I'm getting there. Cool, Joey. How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. We actually uh, in the music world, we have a show. Oh, coming oh. up. Yeah, we're doing a uh, wow little little. Uh, Shameless plug. We're playing the Ryman on uh, Friday, September 4th. will be a live stream mm. pay-per-view event only. It'll be a Tyson fight afterwards. <laughs> nice. Just kidding. Um, you guys are the mid card. So yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. We're actually, yeah, we're fighting Tyson. Uh, but it should be fun. Can I get a backstage silt for that? For a part, We'll talk after okay. the, yeah. A uh, uh, quick question. How many posts are you going to make about playing the Ryman and how hashtag blessed you are to uh, be back in this historic venue. And are you going to take a picture under the Ryman entrance sign? On the, on the it says it's good to be home. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Nice. There's going to be, there's going to be a lot. Uh, we're having a couple of days of rehearsal before. Wow. I'll be honest with you. I don't really know what a drum I, is. Well, what a drum is <laughs> and how to play it. So that could be, that could be kind of interesting. Well, uh, do you guys have any tour dates this week though? Because that's in September, September 4th, right? This week, I'm trying to remember when looking master. T- no, we're off. You're off, we're off this, this week. week. Yeah, I'll oh, just be home. Yeah, man. Rob, where are you going to be at with uh, Brad uh, Paisley? Well, I did a really extensive tour of my backyard this weekend, clearing out about a 1,200 feet of shrub and, and limbs. Uh, so I'm going to take the week off. Pretty tired. <laughs> that <laughs> wore me out. I, I weighed myself, rarely weighed myself, but for some reason I got up Saturday morning. I was like, I haven't weighed myself forever. I weighed myself. And at the end of the day, I'd lost six pounds. No joke. Just sweat. Just, just sweat. Water weight. I still wasn't done. It took me two days to clear all that out. So I'm taking the week off, feeling a little tired. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, I, I told Brad, I'm, I'm sitting this one out. <laughs> How about you, Kyle? Where are you at? <laughs> uh, with Michael, we are still off the road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, so this is a, this is a long, a long break you guys are taking. Oh yeah, totally. Just trying to recharge the batteries. Uh, we're taking hiatus. Yeah. He's, uh, he's working on a new album, which is great, but uh, we are still taken off because of coronavirus, which is terrible. But um, the other day I actually made dinner and then I set everything out and then I actually waited 20 minutes in line. And by in line, I mean my imaginary friends before I could go get my dinner. So last week it was the uh, shower in the green room. This week it was a dinner in my kitchen that I made. The lukewarm dinner. The lukewarm dinner. Here's a a random tour catering poll. What's the slowest meal as you're going through the catering line? If you're the hungriest, let me word that another way. If you're the hungriest, what are you most frustrated to have to eat that day? Let me give you an example. For me, I love Mexican. Taco bar, burrito bar, that line could not move any slower. Oh, yeah. It's not designed to move quickly because you got to choose. There's so many options. Exactly. Yeah. Beef or chicken, guacamole, salsa. It takes forever. And you're kind of nervous. There's like 15 people behind you. They're hungry, but you're like, and then God forbid you forget, I forgot cilantro. Hey, can I go back? It's 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 messy. Oh, totally. That and a pasta bar too. Another because, good one. Because if you have the guy actually making the fresh pasta, yes, you know, right there, then it's most of the time there's only two burners going on. So you're pretty much like in line for about 45 minutes trying to get some ravioli with some pink sauce. So yes. Or you go to like, I think we probably all played Guilford, New Hampshire. Seafood. You, one of my favorites. And you yeah. walk what into that Bob place. Venue? You can't, it's so, it, it is a stupefying amount of food. Like yeah. every time I go in there and I'm like, I don't know where to fucking where do you, start. Yeah. Where do you start? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where it's like, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And yeah, I've, there's been times that I've just ate myself into a coma before the show. Like, why would I do that? Well, that's awesome because, uh, because most people 
I shouldn't say most people. I think seafood is kind of the decisive food between most people. You know, I mean, like there's people who love seafood and the people who just can't stand it, right? Or yeah. the people who are, or who deathly are allergic. Or deathly allergic to shellfish, which is terrible too. But but yeah, playing Guilford, you walk in and there's the uh, the big oyster bar for dinner. You have lobster, you have all this stuff. Crab, and then, and then crab, other everything. Stuff. It's just how they, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. It's, and then you can go out and, you know, fish in the lake or go on and get on a bike or shoot some hoops or go look at old playboys up in the uh, little tree, tree house. house. Yeah. Yeah. Watch what about Bob? Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. Or you can swim in the pool that has the bar. Yeah. Access during the day. Best venue. Uh, hands down. Which is dangerous if you're the yeah. opening act. Like yeah. we were with Brantley Gilbert. We played there with that, with him last year. Our load in wasn't until like two o'clock, three o'clock. Mm, Soundcheck wasn't until four. It's a so danger zone right there. That's, yeah. That's a lot, very lot of time to <laughs> drink before that. Yeah. Pool. And when you have the, uh, the bartender just making pina coladas and very fruity drinks during the day. And then they just have a big fridge of Corona pre coronavirus, which God, I mean, I just love crushing Corona's. Oh, I mean, it's kind of like the OD tour uh, being out with old yes. Dominion. They have a lot of Corona's in their vibe room, which is the hangout that bands and crew kind of get to hang out at backstage and stuff. So they always have a shit ton of Corona back there, which I always feel bad playing with them because we just end up playing our 40 minute set and then just going to town back there. So I don't think I've ever made it through a whole old dominion show. Uh, sorry guys. I don't, I don't think I have either. Yeah. So sorry, I mean, they're great. Obviously they're awesome, but you know, well, the, yeah, the vibe with? room is, it was a good time. Yeah. I mean, that was a, um, for our, our last show. Cause we were doing alternating. We were dates. We didn't play. You guys played and other, other way around. But the last date of the tour, when they were, you know, you typically do pranks on stage, they actually rolled the Vibroom bar out on the oh, they did. <laughs> out on the stage while we were playing and started serving drinks because we had taken over that that area. For uh, sure. So I think we were disappointed and honored, disappointed in ourselves and, and honored at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I think it goes to say that if you're a opening act that likes to have a good time, Within reason, just don't get too sloppy. Yes. Know? The headliners really appreciate that. So I think it's great. Well, I'm glad that you guys are still staying at home doing your residency. And be sure to catch Joey with Scotty McCreary September 4th live on pay-per-view. Yes. At the Ryman. So we are looking forward to that. You guys can follow us at One More Pass on Instagram and Twitter. Go to iTunes, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. That would help us out tremendously. You guys ready to get into it? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's All right. Get into sports. Hmm. Or the lack, <laughs> or the lack thereof of sports. So I think today's show is mostly going to be focused on college football. That has been the biggest headline in the news this week about the Power Five conferences potentially canceling football. I know we are recording this on a Tuesday morning, and uh, I think most of the conferences are meeting this morning to decipher and to decide uh, what's going to happen with their football season. And uh, we already have a couple of FBS conferences canceling. We have the Mountain West canceled already. We have the MAC canceled already. Well, I mean, like, are they canceled or are they moved to the spring? I think they're... I, I, know I think they've, they've canceled. I, don't I think, think they've canceled. Yeah, I don't yeah. Think and that's something we should talk about spring football because I have feelings about that. Okay, we will. So we have the Mountain West. We have the MAC. We have some programs, UConn, Old Dominion, and then we saw UMass this morning mm, uh, yeah, cancel football completely. Huge bummer, man. The Minutemen, not... Yeah, not lacing up this year. That's going to be a big bummer for me. Uh, uh, fun fact, when UMass was in the FCS, uh, Appalachia State beat them to win one of their three national championships mm. in oh. FCS football, formerly won double A when I was at school. So they won three national championships when I was at App State for four years. So I'd like to think I'm a lucky charm. Maybe a good luck for them. Good luck charm. Yeah, f- feeling pretty good. But uh, yeah, so I think we're kind of expecting most of the Power Five conferences to either cancel or move to spring football, which we can kind of get into, but I kind of have a feeling that the sec is going to power on no matter what this fall because South. So, uh, yeah. What do you guys think about, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about the potential for these FBS conferences moving to spring football first and foremost? I, I, this whole thing's a mess. Yeah. Kyle was telling you before we started, I can't believe that it's August 11th. And the NCAA, it kind of seems like the latest is that talked about possibly delaying or they just need a little more time to talk about it, try to figure some things out. And we were saying earlier, they canceled March Madness five months ago. So either they truly just thought this was going to go away and they didn't want to deal with it. That's the only, I don't understand why there aren't better better plans, better backup plans 
better contingencies put into place that every other NFL, NBA, MLB, they seem a lot more prepared than the NCAA is, especially for football. That's such a huge moneymaker for so many schools. They lost out. They lost March Madness. So they already lost a ton of money. I, I don't understand why they aren't more prepared. Uh, and the SEC, I mean, speaking of conferences that may think, may have thought it was just going to go away. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I truly believe the SEC, it could be interesting. I, I, I heard a comment that they're saying they don't care if it's just them playing. They'll play each other. Mm. And uh, I don't think they'll open the stadiums at all. But being in the South, I feel like if they did, they'd probably be full. Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, so we're talking about the SEC, but then also to bring it back to App State, like I know that they play in the Sun Belt, which is a conference that is primarily based in the South, too. So I kind of have a feeling that most of the conferences that are based in the South are just going to try to buck up and play this fall, which, yeah, we can try to talk about that, whether that's a good idea or not, depending on how they're handling their testing, how they're handling their players and all that stuff. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that in there as well about the uh, just the Southern conferences, not the SOCON, but the conference is based in the South. That. You're just giving some love to the Sun Belt. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. You need you an app, you need an App State. What, what is? That? Are they the Mountaineers? Is that yeah, Mountaineers. Okay. Do they have like a like a war cry or something? You just need to push a button. Is it like when West you, Virginia? How about the mirrors? No, it's just Kyle app with an App State, State update. There it is. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, a little App State update. Totally. Yeah, for sure. App State update. Yeah, and you get you get one more App State reference today. That's it. Yeah, uh, thank well, you, you hit it pretty hard. We're about what ten minutes in. I think that was oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because my team LSU won the national the real national championship. This year and go tires. I, I haven't, I haven't mentioned it once. Uh, totally. Today. Well, sorry, but you know, I am <laughs> just immensely proud of my alma mater. I no, should be. Yeah. I didn't even go to LSU, but I grew up there. So yeah, absolutely. So my take is, man, I, you got guys like Saban and, and Scott Frost all puffing their chest saying we're going to play. Well, Frost is, I think he's whistling Dixie, but pardon the pun, but you know, Saban saying, you know, kids are safer here than they are at home because we have medical facilities and testing and you got players like Trevor Lawrence saying, you know, we want to play. Yeah. That's what the Marlins guys said too. That's what the, <laughs> that's what yep. the, uh, that's what the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, they, they, they wanted to play. So uh, people have got to start having some really serious, dispassionate conversations about what's happening here. And I know there's a lot of money on the line, but you know, one of the reasons why like the PAC 10, I'm sorry, the Pac-12 is Pac-10. What is it, 1978? Uh, <laughs> Pac I still call it that. <laughs> uh, Pac, the Pac-12 is meeting with all their... So I guess it basically comes down to the schools. You know, the NCAA, yeah. the NCAA can't... You know, I know Mark Emmert has been pretty pretty silent and it seems fairly agnostic this whole time about what's <laughs> what's going to be happening, but, but they can't call the season for everybody. It's up to the universities, the, the presidents. And so I guess they're meeting with the health officials today to determine. And, and I think that's, that should have been done. That should have been something that should have been an ongoing conversation this whole time. Yeah. And I, maybe it has been, I don't know, but it seems like this is kind of a last, you know, <laughs> this is kind of a, kind of an 11th hour thing to be doing. I, yeah. I, I just think the whole time from, from the NCA from Emmert on down the university presidents to the, to the eighties, this thing has been, it's like trying to keep a cat in a bathtub. Nobody's there hasn't been any leadership, really any kind of unified, codified levels of like, hey, let's let's do this or let's try this or like, you know, it's just it's just everybody kind of spinning plates on their own. And, and um, you know, I, I want to see college football more than anything. But, you know, if it's, it's just going to be the ACC, the Big 12 and the SEC playing each other, that's fine. But again, we're going to have a we're going to have a season where it's like the SEC championship is going to basically going to be kind of your your national title game winner, you know? So I don't know. It, it just feels emotionally it's starting to kind of wear on me because I would rather it just not happen at all than to see kind of some kind of half-baked season. Um, I don't know. Do you think that speaking to your point, and I've heard a few uh, sportscasters talk about this, you know, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, you've got your commissioners that are kind of talking to the owners, but ultimately they're, they're making the decision or they make it and it kind of comes down. It seems like the way the NCA is set up, the way I understand it, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but ultimately the power and the decision for each individual school lies with the president. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the NCAA there, it almost sounds like 
their recommendations are kind of what they can make. But truly, as Scott Frost and some of these other coaches have said, if they dig their heels in and say, no, we're going to play, I mean, I, I think they can if they, you know, if they can schedule opponents and stuff like that. And I think that's, as Rob referenced, that's one of the many ways this whole thing is falling apart is because there is no person at the top that's talking to the experts, that's talking to everyone and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it, it, it's making it, it's turning it into a huge mess. As Rob said, I mean, what is, what is it going to look like? Let's say we have the, the SEC and the ACC this year, and those are the two leagues that play. I mean, there's not going to be an asterisk in the, in the record book. There's just going to be a, what's a bigger thing than an asterisk? Maybe uh, highlighter. Yeah. Or just the virus. Emotion. Yeah. <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. You know? On both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like in quotes. Yeah. The only thing I think a good could come from this, and this is something I've always had a problem with, with college football. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, so I, every year, you know, like we talk about it every year. It's like, you know, it's two weeks away. You know, we're, we're, we get so stoked and amped about the season starting. There's always like that first really great game, you know, like LSU, I think they played Texas last year. The yeah. First game. The kickoff. Great. You, you have that first weekend, you have like some, some really marquee matchups and then it's three weeks of these ridiculous cream puff games. I'm so sick of seeing Alabama and LSU play like New Mexico state and you know, Louisiana tech. Like I don't care. I, I know it's money makers for these, yeah, these small mid major even, teams not competitive at all. And they, you know, they might be, they might be nice warm up games, but it's like, you know what? I, I'm fine with all conference games. Yeah. If this does happen, hmm. I don't want to see my team play some weak sister team from a, from a, from a, mid-major conference and, and plow through them, you know, and win by 38 points. I just, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. But like, I get get into the meat and bones of it. I want to see conference play. I want to see what Lane Kiffin's doing at Ole Miss. Like I want to, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> if it's going to happen, if this is like, that's for me, that's like, at least that would be the one thing that comes out of the season. I do not want to see those games. I'm tired of them. Cause it's literally like, is it not? It's like, it's almost like a month where you like, you get one great game. There's a couple of great marquee matchups. And then it's just like, you're just looking at your watch every week, like okay, we've got Tulane and and you know Nebraska are playing or whatever. It's just can I pull my last App State card? I was just <laughs> I, I was I was getting ready to make fun of App State, but oh no, go well, ahead. Uh, well, no, because one of the years that we did win our our one double national championship, we actually played LSU because I remember going down to Baton Rouge and for us App State fans, it was awesome. You know, we were just like, holy shit, we Death Valley. This is awesome, dude. I have no idea how you guys can watch football there in September because I think the game started at like 11 in the morning and gosh, like I was already oh, drenched miserable. in sweat. I was, oh I was gosh, so miserable. Louisiana. Yeah, it was, it was God awful, but for Did you us, have a band uniform on, was it extra hot? Uh, no, this was the year after uh, I was in March band. Oh, uh, which by the way, I think that you commented on this. It was pretty awesome that apparently we all absolutely despise marching band, which is, <laughs> which is absolutely <laughs> fucking hilarious yeah. to me. Cause there's a it's lot a, of, a lot of our friends are into it big time. They, yeah. they oh, like yeah, totally. start a podcast about the finals of the, marching competition anyway old, old dci boa whatever for us you know it's pretty awesome to go to these schools and play but also i get it i think that game we got crushed by 40 points you know but like in the back of our heads you know we beat michigan the year before mm-hmm. right or no yeah beat michigan the year before so going into that lsu game you know of course we were all thinking well should have happened last year you know gosh it could happen again but you, you know but then running of course, into the 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 juggernaut that was the, I guess that would have been 2008. Was that Les miles, right? Was yeah, Les wow. miles still there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I also agree too that. I personally would love to see conference games actually be home and away and you don't play, you know, like most conferences have divisions. I would love to see just like a home and away for the teams in each division. And then that sec or ACC championship game, the two division winners finally meeting up, you know, like I think that'd be awesome home and away for me would be, much better than, you know, yeah, watching LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, play fucking Chattanooga from the FCS, which their coach oh, yeah. is on the Scott Frost bandwagon. Oh, well. yeah. Half team yeah. will travel. Yeah. I think if, when you buy those sunglasses, what, what, <laughs> what was the quote of him in that photo? He said, ha- was it have team will travel? Yeah. Something like that. It's He's like ready. FBS, Power Five. Yeah, the Mox. The yeah, that's a serious flex, man. Which you I will wanna... say, and to give the Mox credit, I feel like they have a pretty decent basketball team. They made the tournament a few years and it's a really beautiful campus. My oldest, uh, toured down there. Yeah. And, uh, my other daughter is going to go tour it this fall too. Um, 
You know who's uh, who's a, who's a mock? Who was a moccasin? Most famous NFL alum? Yes, I Brady do. Moss. No, uh, no, Des, he wasn't Des a Bryant. No, no, no. It's a receiver. Yep. T.O.? T.O. T.O. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, Randy Moss was Marshall. He was Marshall. Yeah. Another small. Marshall. Oh, man. Have you ever watched his Marshall highlight reel? I watched it a couple months it's, ago. It is. He's a freak. That dude was, Freak show. Oh, and. All-time favorite receiver. Plus, also, side note on Randy Moss. I actually saw a tweet this morning. Someone wrote an op-ed about the ESPN Monday Night Football commentating booth or whatever. Like, apparently, it's being switched out. Yeah. And there's some people who are trying to get Randy Moss on there, which I think would be quite entertaining. I, I always apparently like his Peyton Manning turned it down. I think right. Yeah, he yeah. did. So well, we should ask. Uh, can you text Brad and Peyton? Just yeah. Let me. I think he turned just, it down because they were shooting those Peytonville commercials. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Rob. What's the uh, area code for Peytonville? Do you know? <laughs> I think it's six six six. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, uh, that's but, out. That's out. Uh, that that information's out of my uh, pay grade. I'm gonna make an addendum to the App State rule as well. You speak of Chattanooga. Uh, that's where the one double A championship game was always played whenever we won. So we were in Chattanooga. Mm. Um, wow, that's a pretty rough. That stadium needs some updating. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, we played there three times. We won all three championship games, right? But then we would also no, because like my time in college, what we played them twice at Chattanooga. So we won in Chattanooga Stadium five times in four years. Turns out we won more games in Chattanooga Stadium than they won in the entire four years I was at App State, which is really funny. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to file that away. Yeah. That's a, that's a good. Okay. I, okay, I swear. Uh, just just no more App State talk. <laughs> you could pull me. that one out at a party. You know, yeah. if you really want to live it, yeah. get yeah. things lively. Yeah. <laughs> Mix it up. Pull, the, yeah. pull that stat out. So where do we go from here now? So we are talking about completely axing the college football and some conferences have some teams have for the year, but what do you all think about trying to move college football to the spring, which I think we all have massive opinions on this, you know, like maybe good and bad, but you know, I just want to hear y'all's opinion on, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, I was thinking for a while because I'm, I'm assuming the plan would be to play in the spring and then reset in the fall and play again. Even though these kids are in the, probably the best shape of their lives. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think it's a good, and plus, you know, six months from now, we could still be in the same boat as far as, you know, the amount of cases that we have and the, you know, it, it's, we're never going to get rid of this virus. It's never going to go away. So at this point, managing it, everyone doing their part from, from, you know, the government to individuals and colleges and everybody, if we want sports, if we want live music, you know, people are going to have to start taking a, a, a more of a personal and, co- and collective responsibility. I don't think, the part of the reason why I'm I'm kind of mad at the NCAA is because you know when they dumped on the when they dumped the March Madness tournament, I started to think, well, there goes billions of dollars, yeah. you know, because I think I think I think eighty percent of their revenue comes from that one tournament, close to it. If I, I maybe all we can fact check that, uh, I started to think, well, okay, they can salvage the year with college football, but the, you know they're definitely looking towards twenty twenty one. So, is that what Emirates? got his eye on, they want to, you know, okay, we're, we're watching how the NBA does this bubble. Let's do this next year, which would be easy to do. Not easy, but it would be, you know, definitely easier to orchestrate than having teams all, you know, instead of having uh, 16 different sites, yeah. you just have four and then you end up national championship. You know, it would be a lot of more hotels. It'd be a lot more logistics and, and you know, kind of stuff. But, but, but with college football, I, I just, if they're having this much trouble now and figuring out how to govern and protocol and all this other stuff, do you think eight months from now they're going to be able to to do it? I don't think they will. Oh, right. And I don't think it's healthy for the players. I don't think it's good for them to play that many games in a year. Um, I don't know. I, I, as much as I love the game, I just when I'm looking at the leadership of the, the 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 conferences and the colleges and the NCAA, I just don't have faith in them. I don't think they could pull it off, and I don't think it's right for the players to ask them to do that. Now you're going to have a lot of one of players. You're going to have a lot of players like Trevor Lawrence and God knows who else are going to be like, yeah, let's play. Let's do it. Let's do it. And that's fine. That's the kind of enthusiasm you want. But again, like I said before, we need to start having really serious, dispassionate intellectual conversations about what is important and how we're going to do this. And I think people are just getting now getting to that point and it's too late. I agree. I want to see college football, but I think the more time, as the weeks go by, I, in my mind, have kind of prepared myself for the fact that it's probably not going to happen. I think the idea of playing in spring 
may look good on paper, but like Rob was saying, and we talked about this earlier, how does that work? You know, if, if the season, let's say you do a short season, maybe February, March, early April, and what do you try to give the kids a month, six weeks off before they start training for the fall of 2021? I mean, that that's, you're asking a lot out of 18, 19, 20 year old kids. Yeah. And it's a shame because I, I really do think that there was a path. I think the NCAA had a path. I think they could have done some some type of bubble. I think a college campus could be a bubble in mm-hmm. and of itself, right? You got the training facility there. You've got dorms, and plus, like you have different dining halls too. Absolutely, you know. Well, yeah. well, I mean, like unless like well, I mean, like unless you wanted to, you know, deliver box meals like we see like in the NBA bubble or just whatever else, you already have a very inclusive environment that you can kind of cut off and make a de facto bubble on a college campus. Absolutely. And, and, and the leagues that are that where we're seeing success or, I mean, if you look at the steps that I know we keep saying this, but if you look at the steps that all these other leagues have taken, uh, they're just light years ahead of where the NCAA is right now. And outside of a strong desire of just wanting it to happen, which I think all of us agree, that's not enough of a, of a reason, you know, wishing that it's going to happen is not enough of a reason to to take that risk. And I also think, I think ultimately what is going to kill it and what's going to have it not happen. Um, and I know there's been talk of, well, what if you got kids to sign waivers so they couldn't sue the university? At that point, it's like, what, what are you doing? You know, you're yeah. not talking about people that are choosing to play this that are making millions of dollars that you're talking to, literally talking about kids yeah. that are risking risking their health how about the latest study that they're saying what, what what they're finding that it can do to the heart, yeah. what COVID does to the heart? I mean, that point, that is the one I wanted to make that point earlier. I think that that latest discovery, I think that's going to be the nail in the coffin for college football and for these college kids. I think that the 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 safety issue, they don't have the they don't have the protocols in a place. And ultimately it's too late. It's mid-August and they're trying to have those conversations right now. So I'm already thinking about fall of 2021. It's going to be great. We're all going to go to App State. Let's App do a live. What if we did game day? Yeah, let's our do version a game of game day. day from App State. Gosh, like 10 people would show up. Rayleigh parking lot, tailgate. Uh, but yeah, you know, I just don't think that there has been proper leadership on any front, just as it pertains to the handling of this whole situation. You know, like whether it be in the NCAA, our country, you know, like if you're, you know, working at a hospital, if you're working in a school, just juggling stuff or throwing spaghetti up into a wall just to see what sticks, to see whatever situation is going to work out. But just one, the leadership in this whole thing has been just lackluster, in my opinion, to begin with. You know, and two, going into spring football, if you have athletes that want to declare for the NFL draft, you know, like, are they really going to play spring football mm-hmm. and risk getting hurt? Yeah. And then turning around and then just going into to the NFL? No, there's no way. So like if you have spring football, then what? Like you'll maybe have, you know, a couple of juniors and a couple of seniors on your squad playing, but then it's just going to be mostly freshmen and sophomores just hopefully trying to get their chance. And like, is it really worth it at that point to put these kids at risk? That heart condition that you were talking about, uh, like I think I was reading an article last night on ESPN and I think maybe you guys saw the same thing. And the players that have already gotten COVID that have been quarantined, I think like, well, just like out of those, maybe like one to 5% like develop this heart inflammation thing to where it's just like they could just be playing, you know, maybe two or three years down the line. And if that inflammation turns into scar tissue around the heart, then that leads to cardiac arrest. And these dudes are being put through like the gamut of physical activity, Mm. you know, playing football, this hard hitting sport, you know, like it's not like it's, you know, basketball or soccer or anything. I mean, do you mean like you're getting hit constantly? So I just don't see that as being a, you know, oh, well, that's a good risk to take just to get these kids on the field just so we can make the NCAA money. You right. Know, it, and you then know, you have the, then you have the, can you, can you picture the AD or the president at University of Alabama? Hey, sorry, buddy. I mean, you signed this waiver though. Yeah, totally. So, you know, yeah. Oh, right. You know, it's terrible. And, uh, and for a split second, because, you know, like I have thoughts, you know, cause like my degree is actually in music education. So, you know, like I've been following this whole teacher schooling thing, you know, like even in K through 12 and into college too. But, you know, like you see kids like Trevor Lawrence say, well, actually for some you know, kids, which they are kids, you know, in my opinion, you're not a truly an adult until you have your own place, you're paying your own bills. And we know some 30 year old kids in town who are trust fund <laughs> kids or whatever, but you know, trying to play music, but yeah, Rob became a adult about nine months ago. Yeah. Buying the house. Well, 10, actually it's a year. Year. Congrats, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you've been paying your bills yourself. Oh, yeah. For I've, been, years oh, years. I've been an adult. I used to pay my bills till about mid-March. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like you have kids like Trevor Lawrence, you know, saying, well, there are some athletes that they are better off being on a college campus because going back home means a more unstable environment. And yeah, that's a very easy position platform for him to say that because he's, you know, what is the percentage of college students that go on to actually play in the NFL? I mean, it's, it's small compared to, I mean, thousands and thousands. of Right. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, it's easy for him to say, cause he's got a lot on the line cause he's could be the potentially the number one draft pick next year. Tank for so, Trevor. Yeah, let's tank let's for go Trevor. Patriots. Go Belichick. Uh, I, yeah. I, you know, again, we've got to start having some really serious, you know, intellectual conversations, you know, really deep diving into like, what's this mean for a lot of people? And, and it's just, you know, the fact that we're doing this now. You're, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, it's a little too late. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. Cause for a split second, I just thought, Oh, like maybe he's right. You know, because I mean like before I moved to Nashville, I actually taught for a year and actually saw, you know, kids coming from broken homes to where school was their haven. And there's some kids that, Hey, you know, like if they don't go to school, they may only get one meal a day because their family's yeah. not that well off, you know, but but then also at the same time, I just think, man, like it's not worth putting these kids at risk no. to have long-term, you know, health scares. You know, like that's like, that's, that's the only thing in my mind that I'm thinking about is, you know, these kids that come from, you know, not privileged backgrounds to where, oh shit, they get three meals a day at college. Like they get, you know, like, I mean, like dining meal access. Oh, that's awesome. They may, they may not get that if they go back home, which yeah, like, if you haven't seen that in person, you know, like there was one time I just remember teaching, like it was like my last month before moving to Nashville. Like I think it was like May of what, 2010 or whatever, there was a kid that came up because I taught K through six music, like the last part of that. And plus there's a kid that came up that said, oh, Mr. Wilkerson, you know, like, gosh, like, I don't want to go home because it was a Friday. I was like, well, no, you need to go home. You know, I just have fun this weekend. I'll see you on Monday. And then like this kid just hugs me and says, gosh, like, I wish that you were my dad. And that just kind of broke me in half to where like, I kind of translate that into, you know, college kids, you know, like maybe not having the perfect situation going back home because they are trying to get themselves out of that situation. Maybe it is, you know, better for them to play. But then at the same time, I just think, man, it's just not, you know, it's not worth the long-term health risk, you know, of these players, you know, plus like, especially if they do have a chance of going into the NFL, skip spring ball, don't play that and just go to the combine, just rest your body because you'll never have this chance again to just train on your own, just rest your body. Because once you get to the NFL, man, you're getting banged up every single week, you know, takes players, you know, weeks to recover after that, you know, it seems like, and you know, everyone's just always hurt, but, but yeah, I mean, moving the football season to spring. Yeah. Obviously I just am not on board because then you'll have just in my opinion, you know, just maybe a bunch of freshmen and sophomores playing, which the quality of football may not be as high as, mm-hmm. you know, as it is. So that's just my soapbox. I don't know. Well, and there's also, you know, that's a common, a common argument to play the season as well. These kids are safer there, all those kinds of things. And I think there's some truth there, but you know, Metro Nashville public school system, they've been providing meals to kids that need it since March. Yeah. They do it every day. They do, they can, they can do that. These schools, these universities, if they have kids that are in that position, not only can they, but they should, they owe it to these players Mm -hmm. to give them a safe place to live to make sure they're fed, all those types of things. I don't think, while I understand some of the logic behind that argument, and I feel like a lot of uh, college football analysts, ESPN, you know, people that really want the season to happen, that's a common argument to go to. Right, yeah. I, I just don't think it holds up enough, as you were saying, when you start talking about the actual, the safety issues. Yeah. Uh, because you can keep them there. You know, you can have... Colleges can open their campuses, even if they're doing distance learning, they can open their campuses, keep people in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, prepackaged meals, they, they can do all of those things safely. Uh, so if, if that truly is the issue, then it's on these universities to take care of their student athletes, uh, take care of them even when they're not making their school a bunch of money, which <laughs> totally, you know, <laughs> I mean, as many things not to get too deep into life talk, but a lot of things in life are driven by money. And I think that that is, that's a huge consideration in this decision. So it's going to be an interesting couple of days. See what happens. You know, like I go back and forth on it, you know, just cause you know, like I do see, yeah, just all that stuff happening in homes and stuff. So it's just a fine line to walk. Let's play ball. It's game day. We want 
strikeouts, base hits, double plays. Take the field, hear the roar of the crowd. Did you guys know that I was a high school football referee? You were? In Seattle. Wow. Nice. A couple days ago, I found my uniforms and flags, and uh, I'll bring them. One time I got little note cards where you'd have to write down timeouts left and all that stuff. A buddy of mine and I in Seattle signed up for it. We did like a month of classes, and you can you get paid. You make something. I think at the end of the year, I had a couple hundred bucks after I paid it for the uniform, uh, but it was really fun, and I mostly did did one varsity game, a lot of frosh soft JV. Craziest game I ever did was an eighth grade, uh, eighth grade game against two private Christian schools. The parents were insane. <laughs> They'd stand, you know, I was a line judge, and they're standing right behind you, just yelling at you that their kid, you know, he's being held every play, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was really fun. And some of the people that I refed with that year are actually working in the NCAA. Oh wow! I told my wife. When I found the uniforms, I made reference to it and I said, I should have stuck with it. That was a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. And she said, how many more dreams do you plan on pursuing <laughs> in our life? Which was, which is a fair point. You know, we moved across the country to pursue my dream of playing the drums in Nashville. Should have gone where the money was. Football, yeah. football referee. Oh, yeah. hey man, you were feeling it. I was. Yeah, I did. I may, I may send you guys a picture of it. Please. That'd be uh, awesome. I'd like to add it to my arsenal of yeah, there's some good ones in there. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I was the second highest rated, but I will brag. I was the second highest rated rookie referee. I had Mm. zero uh, inadvertent whistles. Nice. Mm. Which is harder than you think. They tell you to don't put the whistle in your mouth, have it hanging down there. So if you grab it, you have to really think about that's true. Why you're blowing the whistle has given me a new appreciation for football referees. All referees in general. Pass interference calls. Yeah, those are tough. Late, late in the game, game yes. on the line. Doesn't mean I don't yell at them well, on TV and blame them. It's harder for me because I know that they're wrong. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you blew that call. Right. My my frosh soft game in Seattle, Washington, <clears throat> I, I would have gotten that call right. I know what I'm talking about. Going on to NFL, we had some news coming out about our main man, Booger McFarlane, and a Joe Tessitore getting the big old boot from the uh, Monday yeah. Night Football booth. I personally am going to be upset whenever I, like, I don't hear Booger, you know, giving the analysis on maybe trying to run the ball on fourth down and then spiking it because then that would be a turnover downs like he did last year, which I did see an interview one time that he said that uh, like as soon as that came out of his mouth, he just knew. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just totally fucked on this one <laughs> <laughs> on the internet. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, who would you like to see in the Monday night football booth? Well, I think it, now they're the is Steve Levy. Is he the leading contender for the, that's what they're saying that he's the, the play by play. And then, yeah, they've got a, so the Titans are playing the Broncos week one. They're in the late game. You know, mm-hmm. the week one, they always do the double header. Are right, you going? <laughs> <laughs> The no. Boncos, you mean? The Boncos? The Boncos. Um, but it looks like the rumor is that it's going to be Steve Levy, uh, Brian Greasy, and uh, Lewis Riddick. That would be I, th- I think it's a pretty... I really like Lewis Riddick. I think he's a good... That's yeah, a good anybody combo. but Dan Orlovsky. But if they with. did that, then they're saying it would be... I still can't believe Dan be, Orlovsky's on ESPN. Yeah, I just... That, yeah, I know. I agree. I'm not Sorry. A, I agree. Yeah. That would leave Fowler and Herb Street is what they're saying. There's rumors that that could be a combo there. Or, especially if they don't play... College football. Yeah. There's been talk of moving some NFL games to Saturdays. God, that'd be awesome. Which if we thought the NFL was big before, I mean, imagine if they are able to play an entire season and that's all the football there is. Yeah. You know, so you're doing Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It'd be huge. Well, I mean, like it would be kind of weird to hear Herb Street and Fowler's voices on NFL because I feel like they should just be calling a, you know, like LSU and Alabama, some huge college game like that. But gosh, it'd be awesome. I actually do love Herb Street and Fowler together. 
Yeah, they and, are a good team. And plus, like, I, well, and plus, we know that Joe Buck doesn't work for ESPN, but at the same time, man, I actually like Joe Buck. I'm sorry. I don't mind him. I you mean, don't mind he's not him? my favorite, but he's. I feel like he gets a lot of shit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. I th- I think he does a good job. He has a. For some reason, I always think of him. He has a baseball voice to me. Just yeah. think of him calling the World Series. Well, and then his dad too. Well, yeah, and yeah. It's the it's in the blood. Yeah, I don't know. He's Buck falls into a category of people for me. It just the, the sometimes the voice. I just have an irrational reaction to certain timbres and certain speech patterns. And his kind of fall. Chris Collinsworth. Bill Sims. Yeah. There's just out. guys that I just like, if I never hear their voice again, I'm fine with. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it, it got the point with, with as the games would get on and Phil, Phil Sims, when his voice would get into that, start pitching up in a higher register. Oh. And when I, I had to turn the TV down, cause I just couldn't let that interfere with my enjoyment of the game. Right. So I signed Buck is kind of, is a little bit in that in a, in a different way is, is a different kind of guy for me. But, I signed but multiple capable, online very. petitions to get Phil Sims booted off Broncos games. Dude, yeah. hate, the dude hated the Broncos and he was terrible. I mean, he, he got let go. I think there yeah. was a lot of people that didn't like him on uh, CBS. Change.org. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> be the change you want to see. Well, there, here's an interesting question. How about who, who would be the dream, the dream team, dream announcing team, two or three? And I say that we, whether it's people that could actually do it right now or people from the past. From the past too. I got to say, favorite all time, I know Rob and I have talked about this, is still Madden and Summerall. Yeah. To me, calling NFL mm-hmm. games. And Keith Jackson calling college, college football games. games. Or Keith Jackson and Lynn Swan. They did a lot of USFL and they, they did, did some college games. But I'll go back and watch old games on YouTube, especially this summer. We've had a lot of time to kill. Just to hear... Madden and Summerall, yeah. their commentary and Madden's drawings with his his yellow yellow marker on the screen was amazing. That was that was my fave. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the, I mean, there's definitely like there's been definitely sportscasters like Dickenberg, you know, guys voices that I just like to me will be etched in my memory and 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 just you know a a nostalgic you know, look into the past, like watching games, like listen to those voices. Cause you know, back growing up in the seventies and eighties, like you didn't get football four nights a week during the season. Like we do now. So there's so many, it's like, you just, you look forward to hearing Dick Enberg or Don Cricky or, uh, Enberg or, and Merlin Olson. I thought was a Merlin pretty Olson, solid yeah. combo. Yeah. He was a great color guy. And, uh, you know, the, the CBS, uh, God, what was it called? The CBS sports, uh, pregame show that they, what was it called? Um, oh, was it NFL today? NFL wasn't today it? with, Musburger. with Musburger yeah. and Jimmy Irv the Cross. Greek, Irv Cross, Jimmy the Greek before he made a couple comments. Yeah. That- um, so it, you know, yeah, I, I, there's definitely like a lot of older dudes, but there's, there's, there's great guys now. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we, bu- I bust on, on Buck, but you know, he is very, very good at what he does. He, he's just not my cup of tea. <clears throat> I'm not a huge Herb Street fan, but the guy's, very knowledgeable. He knows the game he played. Um, Fowler, Fowler's solid. Fowler, I mean, Fowler is Fowler. Nance, yeah. when he does oh, it. Nan- yeah. Nance, Nance did the PG. We were talking about the PGA championship earlier. Yeah. Nance is just his voice. It, it's, it's pretty close yeah. to per- the Nance, uh, Romo combination has been, it's, yeah. it's, it's good. That's one of my faves. Yeah. And speaking of golf, let's give a shout out to Colin, uh, Morikawa. Is that his name? Yes. Morikawa. P- yeah. Won the PGA that was impressive. Yeah. 23 years old. Gosh, like six under 64 to win it. 11 million and drove a uh, almost 400 yard par four on 16 drove the green. Yeah. And then putted for Eagle. That was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Manly. When I was 23, I was networking in Midtown at red door. <laughs> and by networking, I mean, probably just drinking way too much yeah. for just yeah. moving to town. So we should write sometime. We should play, man. We should jam. Oh, dude, hang out. dude, jam. I'll dude. I, I love jamming. Yeah. You want to jam? It's a, uh, uh, it's a great uh, use of my time jamming. I think I might show my age with this, but I actually love Gus Johnson. Oh yeah. Mm. I think my top three booth would be Gus Johnson, Chris Fowler and Tony Romo. 
because I just love it when Tony Romo calls out a play. Yeah. Oh, it, it's a, it's, it annoyed it, me at first, but I'm kind of. There's some people I that know. hate it. Yeah. 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 It's so bitching. It's like, it's, it's like it's a flex Jedi level. Yeah. It's, it's like, I know what's going to happen, but then it does. It's yeah. It's impressive. It's amazing. He really couldn't do that while he was playing. <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, like, he just it's needed true. to see the whole field <laughs> all as one, not just, you know, just bodies just right in yeah. front of you. Like he needed to see the bird's eye view of the, of the field. He, the thing he does for me is that one of my biggest pet peeves is like when I listen to certain commentators, like the guy, I, can't, I think he's like coach Mac, the guy that's on the Titans radio team. Coaches have that coach. Speak, and it's one of the reasons why I wasn't a big Gruden fan because they speak in this language. Like I've been watching football a long time. And when I start hearing these exotic terms and phrases, these inside, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to hear that. That's not entertaining to me. Tell me what's happening in, in, in layman's terms. Cause I'm not dumb and I know the game, but there's guys like that coach Mac that, that, he seems like a nice guy, but he just constantly talks in this coach speak and it just gets really old. I think Romo does a really good job of talking in, in football speak and calling these plays. It makes it really kind of like a, like a, what is he going to do now? Like this is, this is like an otherworldly talent. He's a, he's a much better, almost a better announcer than he was a football player. And it's, it's to me, it's like, we don't need more people doing that. Right. But the fact <laughs> that he's doing it makes me happy. Well, yeah, because he gets so pumped. And just so giddy, like every yeah. time he sees somebody, in, yeah, you can tell he really and, loves it. Oh, dearly, he calls it, and then it happens, and it's just like just telling your ten-year-old kid, "Hey, we're going to Disneyland tomorrow." They get so pumped, he just gets giddy when he sees, "Oh, oh shit, they're playing cover two. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Oh, God, this is gonna happen. Oh, it happened." And then he's just like, "What? Fucking Tony Roma? How can we? Yeah, so Booger have done this? Yeah, is Booger taking his little car thing with him? Of course, I guess that wasn't there last year." That was two years ago when there was a witness. Yeah, Remember his like sideline, the Booger Mobile. Yeah. yeah, I liked that. I, I feel bad for Booger. I mean, I, I he's an LSU guy, so I was rooting for him. But he's better. He's not good in the booth. He needs to be. They need to keep him. I mean, he's staying on at ESPN, but they need to just keep him on. Like, on am the I the only football. one that my stomach turned each time he kind of uses his hands to diagram a play? His fingers, yeah. going opposite directions. Yeah. Like, yeah, the dudes that have dude's a lot of dislocations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It might have some time to get that taken care of. Yeah. I felt bad. I, Joe Desator just sounds like a basketball guy to me. I yeah. wasn't real happy with him, but um, I, I still think Al Michaels is, is pretty solid. I about mm -hmm. to say, I, we, I, I was thinking about that second. Al Michaels is, I think is definitely in the Pantheon. He's probably, I would put him up there with a John Madden, Pat Summerall. I mean, he's like, got a dude called the miracle on ice. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's been doing it a long, and I met him a couple, I met him when I was at concierge at the, at a hotel here in town. Uh, and could have been concierge. Like, they have one of those. What at a hotel? That's an office reference. No, oh. Oh. <laughs> like I they have you. one of those. Yeah. Um, sorry. Could have been nicer. Uh, uh, they were doing, I think it was that Monday nights or Sunday night game Titans Colts like 10 years ago or so. Anyway, he was here really nice. Didn't meet Collinsworth though. I was pretty bummed about that. I, or was he even on then? I get why everyone's frustrated with Collinsworth. I could totally get it. Here's here's a guy, you know. Here's a guy who's going to go out and run this post route. <laughs> For some reason, he doesn't doesn't rub me the wrong way as much. I, I like the the Michaels Collinsworth combo. I like. I think Collinsworth just his voice sounds so patronizing. Yeah, just, yeah. Just like he's talking down to you. I just I just can't stand it. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. It's it's what he says for me and how he how he kind of says it. I, I, <laughs> Sounds like it's just him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just not a just not a fan. That's but fair. I, I'm, but, I'm I'm in the minority on that one. Yeah. Um. Who here? It not still staying in the NFL. This this thought just popped into my head. Say they get rolling and things start to go bad as far as like COVID testing. Who's going to be the St. Louis Cardinals of the NFL? Oh man! Wait, let's get your pot, top mm. top pick of the team. You think it's gonna gonna Jags? Gonna, I'm going Jackson. <laughs> Jags. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, just as long as uh, Scott Sapp can record a song for the Jaguars or the uh, Dolphins, but I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one to be put on the spot. The Cardinals just playing five games and might still win a division. I'm going to go the Rams Rams Rams. Cause I don't think they're, they're going to be as good this year. That's just me. Were they that great last year? Well, no, but the year before that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they kind of had, yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go like with an obvious choice of Cleveland just because they can't seem to do anything. Because right. they're Cleveland. Yeah. I think the curse is in their DNA. It's in those uniforms. It's in the name. It's in the city. And I have nothing against Cleveland. Yeah. Personally, I just are. feel like that's my first, that's just the first team that popped in my head. They'll, they'll fuck it up somehow. <laughs> All right. So we got the Jags, the Rams and the Browns. Or Pittsburgh. Well, wait, hold on. Uh, no, can I change mine? Yes. Sure. Raiders. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Raiders. And, and they're playing in Las they're Vegas. They're in Vegas. They're yeah. in Vegas. This is, yeah. Oak. yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's a, it's a recipe. Yeah. I mean, like although Gruden kind of duped them with the, the false coronavirus yeah. prognosis. I, I still think having the Raiders in Las Vegas during Corona times, I don't think that's going to really work out too well. Yeah. Which makes Joey's heart happy. Probably. That's right. Gives the Broncos two wins in the AFC West. There you go. Oh, and then maybe last thing, maybe we can set up a fantasy football league. I normally I'm already like, you know, scouting and making lists and stuff. And yeah, because I, I haven't even be, talked to yeah, our almost mid August league commissioner yet. I need to see. If he's in the, the only rule is that Kyle has to draft all App State <laughs> players. <laughs> it's going to be tricky. Uh, can I draw Man, from the if CFL? I, if I could do yeah. that for LSU this year, I could have a really actually good yeah. team because everybody left. God, it's going to be a. Even if they did play, it was going to be a rough year. Yeah. Well, I think if uh, if Coach O is allowed to be shirtless coaching on the sideline this year, I think it might make up for it. Yeah. I just want to see that sweet tan he's been working on oh, yeah. all year in Baton Rouge. 